We are big believers in fail, fail fast, which means we pilot and we pivot constantly. At the end of the day, we stay super focused on the metrics that matter to our business because that's how we compete and win. Staying focused on data, moving beyond silos, and moving fast on what the market is telling us. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the B2B MX podcast. I'm Claudia. And I'm Alicia. And we've got another replay from a very high-rated session at from our B2B sales and marketing exchange. And it's featuring Casey Foss of West Monroe. She is the chief marketing officer at this technology and management consulting firm. And she really spilled the details on how her small startup really really went against some big industry giants. Yeah, and Claude, I really thought this session was important to bring back because I know we had a lot of folks sharing feedback saying, you know, I have a smaller team now or I don't have as much budget. Um, People are focusing more on sales and not so much marketing and brand. Um, So Casey's session really shared how they maximized their investments and stretched their dollars by really zeroing in on ABM um, and also that perfect balance of brand and demand and really measuring the impact of marketing to do the same, make the most value out of their investments. So I think this session really hits on a lot of important notes and challenges that a lot of teams are dealing with right now. Yeah, definitely. So honestly, I'm just going to let Casey Foss take it away right now. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me here today. I'm Casey Foss, and I'm the Chief Marketing Officer with West Monroe, a business and technology consulting firm. I'm here today to share part of West Monroe's journey, our marketing team's journey, and my journey. Since I joined in 2008, the organization has evolved from a scrappy newcomer to a player that competes with the big fish in our pond, like Deloitte, Accenture, ECG, and Bain. I'm going to address how our brand was the catalyst for change and the demand engine for the organization. I really hope you walk away with ideas on specific actions or decisions you and your team can take to increase the value your team brings to your organization and to build a brand that will change your organization's trajectory. But first, a little bit about me. When I joined West Monroe as a marketing specialist in 2008, the firm was about 200 people, we were about 25 million in revenue, and there were five marketers who all sort of did the same thing. We packaged up capabilities, we ran campaigns, we put them on the website, and we tried to talk a lot about what we did. About 15 days into the role, I realized, hey, some things here just aren't right. And I started making small changes that I knew would have a big impact. If the organization wanted to compete against the big guys, we needed to invest in a brand. That investment would ultimately allow us to generate demand and put our marketing investments to work. It has been a lot of blood, sweat, and frankly, errors over the past 12 years. But 
We've elevated the marketing team from a support function, which took concepts and slapped them on the website, to a function that is seen as a leading trusted advisor to our leadership team, and that has direct ability to influence our strategy and our five-year vision. Today, West Monroe is nearly $350 million and has experienced compound annual growth rates of 25, 27% over the past five years. And marketing is credited with taking the vision of a small, scrappy firm that competes with the big dogs from concept to reality. I consistently get asked by my peers, what's your marketing agenda? And to be honest, at West Monroe, we've never really had a separate marketing agenda. The firm's business strategy is our agenda, focusing on our market, our vision, our values, and our differentiators. We design programs to accentuate our strengths and build relationships with our target market. I look at all of our decisions from big and small through the lens of, does this match where we want to go as a firm? It has to be both realistic and aspirational. We grow so fast that it needs to reflect where we'll be in one, three, and maybe even five years, or it will quickly become irrelevant. Using the firm strategy as a roadmap, I know where, my, I know where to place my bets, and I know where to be most impactful. That commitment to the roadmap and vision differentiates us from a lot of other marketing functions. We focus on driving the firm's agenda, predicting what our clients need, sometimes before they even know what they need and not on marketing metrics. When I really consider who I am as a marketer, I am a market and data-driven personality. Facts matter to me. Lucky for me, our firm's leadership team agrees and it has been what it has positioned marketing as a trusted advisor to the firm. I am obsessed with understanding our customers and understanding the industries they work in. In turn, I'm able to serve up these insights to our leadership. While our consultants might hear one perspective from a single client or even two clients or from an industry event, I'm able to provide a holistic view of the broad market issues that are keeping our clients up at night and that ultimately helps drive the strategic direction of the firm. The benefit of being a smaller firm, people encourage you to test and learn. You think about where you can win. You may not have a big budget, but you can be nimble. We are big believers in fail, fail fast, which means we pilot and we pivot constantly. At the end of the day, we stay super focused on the metrics that matter to our business because that's how we compete and win. Staying focused on data, moving beyond silos, and moving fast on what the market is telling us. And let's be honest, in 2020, when we can't be at trade shows and we can't host client events, we really need that data and information and results. They matter more than ever before. The metrics we hone in on, influencing and driving revenue, are key to growth. And for a services firm that primarily drives revenue from relationships, we're really happy with where we're at in influencing those metrics. We also, though, can't ignore the most important things along the way. While we know that consulting thrives in relationships, we have designed 
metrics, and programs that help hold us accountable. We run a program for our most mature clients that drives 55% of our revenue annually. And we know that getting those relationships beyond point-in-time solutioning is foundational to our long-term success. Why? Because the data tells us so. The data tells us that these opportunities are on average 50% larger, close 20% faster, and we win 60% more. That's the data our business cares about. But we can't just focus on mature clients, right? As marketers, we need to help grow the business. And to grow the business, we need more clients. And those clients have to move through the funnel. So you'll notice that we've got lead metrics in here as well. It's about figuring out the right metrics to drive the right behaviors and accountability for your business. These work for us, but they won't work for everybody. So let's move on. How do we compete with the big guys and win so we can achieve these metrics? Well, let's start with nationally, the consulting market has had a compound annual growth rate of 8% between 2017 and 2019. During the same period, West Monroe grew at 27%. So what are the big bets we're placing that have allowed us not only to compete against the big four, but outpace their growth? There's five of them. First, we make our dollars stretch by pinpointing our desired audiences and being hyper-targeted. We're agile and shift rapidly with changing market conditions. We talk about what we do as consultants. We don't talk about what we do as consultants. We talk about how we create value for our clients. West Monroe's people are our brand. We use all of them to be ambassadors in the market, to tell our story and to represent us. And at the end of the day in consulting, we focus on relationships. We invest a lot in nurturing existing clients and moving clients through the client journey. So let's dive in, right? How do we make our dollars go further? Well, we focus on how we make them work harder. We know that we can't be everything to everybody. I'm gonna stop for a minute and share a quick story with you guys. In my early days, I was called into our CEO's office and he said, you know, Casey, I was at this local event the other day down the street from our office and I met a CEO and he had no idea who West Monroe was. And I said, well, what industry is the company in? Do they, do they work with consultants? And as you know, I peeled back the onion. What I learned was they were in an industry we didn't serve. They were smaller than most of our clients. And I said, I'm not surprised they don't know who we are because we have no choice but to be very focused on where we put our dollars so that the people that we want to sell work with know who we are. That means we're not only looking at targeting by industry or title or size, but we're targeting by type of buyer and where they are in the buying cycle. You're looking at our client journey map. A few years ago, we took a fresh look at our client journey to take a closer look at where our clients are and what they need at each step of their journey with West Monroe. Whether they're just considering services or they're a loyal buyer, we were really able to break down our buyers into six distinct buckets so that we knew what they needed and when they needed it. Our prospects are what we consider our total addressable market. 
or TAM, the universe of buyers who are in the right industry and the right size for us. The goal is to move them from the left to the right. And we were designing touch points to create the right sized experience at each stage to help move them forward. The client journey helps drive behaviors and actions that help our directors mature these relationships with the, with the support of marketing. But above all else, it keeps us focused. It minimizes being everything to everybody. Consulting has been around forever and it's built on the foundation of relationships. I've said that a few times already today. But as the market gets increasingly crowded and our competitive landscape continues to grow, it can vary from the big four to a single guy or gal in a garage. And we need to narrow our focus, but expand our reach. Yes, you heard that right. Narrow our focus, be sure we know who we want to target and with what, but increase our scalability to make sure that we can reach them all. We do this by leveraging data and tools to inform our actions, ABM platforms, ad buying software, intent data. The list goes on and on. My tech stack list is a mile long. I'm sure your tech stack list is a mile long. This information is what creates a client experience matched with their journey and curated just for them. It looks a little bit like this. We target Jane Smith bright and early. She reads the news and gets a copy of the latest Smart Brief newsletter that features an industry-focused research from West Monroe. She turns on her favorite podcast, sponsored by West Monroe, logs into LinkedIn, and sees a point of view on technology by, you guessed it, West Monroe. Jane hasn't even started working yet, and she's already learning about West Monroe, how we understand her industry, that we know how to use technology to drive business value, and how we're different than other consulting firms. By the time she starts working and trying to solve a problem related to her job, she's pushed awareness information, she's been pushed awareness information about West Monroe. And then as she starts seeking out ideas about how to solve her work problem, search on Google and starts receiving emails on how we've helped clients and what our firm could do to help her. The punchline, we are all in on Jane Smith because we want to do business with her specifically. We are reaching her on all the platforms that she uses. We are bringing her on a journey that doesn't start with a solution. We're answering a problem and informing her about, about opportunities that she might not even know how to articulate yet. As a firm, we're competing with well-known brands. And what we need to, what I need to focus on more than almost anything is removing the barrier of people who enter the boardroom that say, but I don't know West Monroe. And that's what this journey is meant to show. This level of focus on end results means we're not only targeting buyers who fit our ideal persona, but we spend time targeting the buyers who are actually signaling that they're also serious about making a purchase. This approach helps us to stretch our dollars across multiple channels to make maximum impact. It also requires that our content is carefully designed to achieve two goals, not just one. The first is to meet people where they are. The second is to take them on a journey, which means 
our content has to be dual purposed. We need to be able to show them information if they're in research mode, understanding client success stories, or if a client is looking to make a name for themselves on an issue, right? From serving up the right piece of research to co-hosting a webinar, our client leader must feel like they're getting what they need from West Monroe. The point is it is carefully crafted and designed to maximize impact. So let's go on to the next point. While agility matters always for a small firm with a small budget, I'm going to focus on 2020 in this section because in 2020, if you are not agile and capable of responding to the market quickly, you are irrelevant, tone deaf, or worst of all, wasting money. All of us had our marketing plans pulled out from under us at the start of the pandemic. Building teams to be nimble and able to pivot as market conditions shift became a clear differentiator. For West Monroe, when shelter-in-place orders were instituted in March of this year, many of our buyers and our core industries had their business models turned upside down. Healthcare providers could no longer see patients in their offices. Banks had to figure out how to execute PPP loans as quickly as possible. Utilities had to figure out how to become a digital workplace virtually overnight. We figured out fast that no one was going to care about the content we had planned. They needed someone to help them with their immediate pain points today. Because we have an integrated team, we were able to implement a scrum-like process with bi-weekly sprints to figure out what existing content could be served up immediately and what new content and market offerings were needed to develop to support the buyers where they were. Within days, we removed all irrelevant advertising, messages, and offerings from the market. And over the next four weeks, we launched 20 new offerings to help drive revenue alongside our firm's leadership. Our PR and content leader worked side by side with our offering team to make sure that thought leadership that was being created complemented the services our clients needed. The team already had a fail fast test and learn approach. So while it wasn't totally painless, the team rallied together quickly to rethink what we were telling our clients. And let's be honest, it was probably a little bit more painful than I'm letting on, but we made it through. Our philosophy is not to get too attached to the old way of working. And I see my job as CMO to create a culture that encourages the team to toss out tactics that aren't working and move on to the next idea without slowing down. But the specifics of what we sell is not enough to focus on in a time when the market is shifting. And as a smaller brand, we can't ever stop answering the question, who is West Monroe? For the months leading up to the pandemic, our team had been working tirelessly on an updated brand strategy and subsequent refresh, including a new website. We were really excited about the new brand. It had taken feedback from our clients, our employees, the market at large, and positioned us on what matters most to our buyers, how we're differentiated, and where we saw the market going. A sound understanding of their issues, a clear set of offerings that solved their needs, and an ultimate focus on financial value. And then the pandemic happened. And we hit pause because to launch a brand in that time 
felt insensitive, irrelevant, almost irresponsible. In the immediate months, our job was to focus on helping clients, both internal and external, with their top issues first. As the shutdown progressed, I started to believe that much of our new messaging would resonate with our clients more now than ever before. So we built a new plan to introduce the brand and the new website without making a big splash, without a big launch, but instead put the information into our clients' hands that we thought would help the most. I'm gonna highlight a few of the key attributes of the brand because I think it shows why we felt it would fit. The first was our refresh brand really emphasized authenticity. And in a crisis, being able to communicate authentically is key. Our clients didn't want to hear from consultants. They didn't want the consulting jargon. They wanted to understand what they were going through. They wanted somebody in the trenches with them that would roll up their sleeves and find solutions and ultimately drive towards value, which is the second thing. Our new brand really focused on results and communicating what we've done for clients. It took a digital first approach to thought leadership to make sure that that information was at our clients' fingertips, but it also really honed in on how financially we were impacting the organizations we served, which makes it much easier for a client to decide to invest, especially in a time of uncertainty. And then lastly, the new brand also had a little bit more of what we consider swagger. We really embraced what made us different how we partner with our clients instead of doing work to them, we do it with them. We didn't want to look like every other consulting firm because we're not every other consulting firm. We focus heavily on our technology roots, which matters more now than it ever has. And our new brand was able to feature featured many nods to the multidisciplinary teams required to function in this all digital, all the time world. Ultimately, our brand launch looked quite a bit different than we initially planned. Less about West Monroe and more about what do our clients need and how do we help them get there? Simply put, instead of a big splash, we turned on channel by channel and frankly focused on the fact that the messaging was just better and more competitive against the firms that had done nothing pre-pandemic. Given the shift in the launch strategy, we really relied heavily on those that have always helped us out, our people. Our emphasis on empowering our people as brand ambassadors was key. Our people are our brand and our brand is our people. It was and is extremely important to make sure that they understood the brand as well as the marketing team. That's a whole separate tactic that we're gonna to get to later when we talk about brand ambassadors, but it is really key to how we bring the brand to life, especially as a smaller organization that has to rely on the weight of its people. So more to come on that in a few minutes. The next thing I'm gonna talk about, you know, at West Monroe, we talk a lot about value. I just spent the past few minutes talking about it, but it's not just value for our clients. It's ingrained in our culture. Our shared services team talk about the value they provide the line. The line talks about the value or our consultants talk about the value that they provide their clients. It has become a focus and a tenant of our brand, but we didn't get there overnight. In full disclosure, the slide you're looking at was presented to me um, as we worked with our brand agency, DeSantis Brendel, through the project. And really, they helped show us the journey that our brand was on and, they, and the brand articulation that they shared with us, I completely fell in love with. So I'm gonna share it with you guys. 
early on, similar to other small firms, our marketing centered around what we do, our services, and tactical practice-specific messaging. Firms that take this approach are constantly trying to knit together everything they do to tell their holistic story. We were no different. We tried to build a story with all these different blocks, and at the end of the day, it felt disjointed. It felt like a lot of siloed offerings. As you move down the continuum, you shift your focus from what you do to who you are and how you do it. What makes you unique or different? It becomes more personal. And if you're in a brand that's selling services or people or mindshare, that's really important. As brands mature, there's a natural shift to what you enable. What's the value you provide? It becomes about the customer, the employee, the market, not you. For us, this was easy. It was financial value. The consulting market at large doesn't focus enough on financial value. We saw it as an opportunity. And as the market shifted, the opportunity has only become greater. This is where we are on our brand journey. While we have hopes of continuing to evolve, and we will, where we are needs to match the business objectives of our organization. And where you are on this brand journey needs to match yours. I don't know about you, but for me, this framework was almost liberating. I saw our firm's evolution and that we were making progress, but I also knew that we were not alone. So the hardest part about marketing a professional services firm, those of you who don't do it, is to articulate the value of a consulting firm, right? When we started the brand refresh, I said, you know, we were trying to describe how we, how we do what we do, what makes us different. Um, but through research and client feedback, we really recognized that's not what our clients cared about. They're never going to call us up and say, hey, I have, this, I have this analytics problem. Instead, they're going to say, hey, I'm losing clients because I have a new competitor that I didn't anticipate that's providing better customer experiences. They're hyper-customized and I can't move fast enough or my data is in five different systems and on and on and on. And they're gonna struggle with how do they pinpoint what the actual issue is and more importantly, how do you solve it? And at the end of the day, what makes West Monroe different is what we enable. And that's driving who we are and, and the value we drive. So who are we? We're born in tech. These technologies show up differently for our clients. We empower our people, making sure that they have the support to thrive so they care more, do more, and achieve more for our clients. And we do those things all in the name of financial value. We create financial value for our clients by tackling issues in the market rather than point-in-time solutions or services. We made sure our repeatable offerings were tied to issues and are designed to create measurable outcomes. Our data shows that on average, opportunities powered by these offerings with a clear repeatable focus have a 70% win rate compared to offerings for bespoke consulting that are 40%. We call this issues-based consulting. The idea is to establish and rally around the issues and trends that matter to our clients. While I'm bouncing between what we did this year to remain nimble for the pandemic and what we've done for years, this is one of the things that's really not new. To show up differently years ago and to get a seat at the board at the boardroom table 
years ago and compete against the big guys years ago, we knew we needed a point of view. We needed to show up with a point of view to earn our spot. Our brand wasn't going to do that for us. And so to show up differently for our clients and provide a perspective that set us apart, we've been discovering, developing, discussing, and delivering on these big rock problems faced by our clients and in our industries for years. Solving the bigger problems a client is facing, allowing them to increase speed, efficiency, and productivity in the market drives results. And good work leads to more work. And our work speaks for itself. Okay, so let's go back to the brand ambassadors for a minute. Consulting is a people business. Our clients hire our people. They build strong relationships with our clients. Brand is the responsibility of everyone in our organization. And we've learned over years that we must enlist our people to help build our brand engagement among our target audiences. No matter how loud we bugle the message, if our people show up differently, that is, if our product doesn't arrive as expected, it's all for nothing. West Monroe's growth is a testament to our people. It is and has always been incredibly important to us to empower our people as brand ambassadors and get them bought into the brand before it goes into the market. So we're all speaking the same language and we're all in the same boat heading in the same direction. We really don't want the brand to feel disconnected from our people who are interacting with our clients each and every day. That's why when we do branding work at West Monroe, we start by interviewing our people. They have a role to play in the, in, in the messaging and in the creation. And then we start the internal rollout of our brand six months in advance of launch. We get our people to a point where they're hungry. Can we roll out the brand already? Can we use some of that new stuff? Can we take some of the new client gifts and PowerPoints? How do we... How do we take the good stuff we've seen and get it into market? And that's exactly what we want. We want our people to be fully invested before our clients ever see the message. We also provide them tools to help make this easier, right? We want them to amplify our brand on their channels. We use a tool called Bamboo. It's a Sprout social tool, and it helps our employees take the guesswork out of what they should and should not share on social media. Employees can log in and see the company stories or curated content that we want them talking about. And based on their areas of focus, along with options for connecting their LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter accounts, they receive weekly digests and allow them to pick the right stories for their audience and post as as it works for that immediately delayed. And while this is only one example, it, it, it's a tool that has helped make it easier. We continue to try and make it easy for our people to put the right message in the market at the right time and to the right buyer. All right, so last but definitely not least, without clients, we have no business, right? So to compete with well-known brands, we need to be sure that working with West Monroe felt different. The formula for a good professional services client experience has not changed. Understanding and reacting to evolving needs, delivering on what we promised and creating value in new ways. That said, nothing has been disrupted more in 2020 than the customer experience. To start, events as we knew them were gone. 
Look at us today. We're all online watching people present virtually. But the opportunity to commiserate with peers, learn from leaders side by side, and ask questions, gone. But the need for information has not changed. So how does a smaller brand compete and win when this channel is disrupted? Our ability to sit on site with our clients evolved to Zoom and our ability to make personal connections lost. It was the perfect time to engage in the latest marketing technologies, tools designed to leverage intent data, account-based marketing ad platforms, and models to not only show us what the target audience cared about, but also when they were ready to buy. We shifted real green dollars from events to buying these tools. If we can't be with our clients, we need other tools to be sure we know what matters to them most and engage. These tactics all tie back to the beginning. They are designed to move clients through the buying journey, tie marketing tactics to where they are in the journey in a streamlined, automated way to make it scalable. We deliver content that speaks directly to them, whether they are a water utility in Texas or a PE firm celebrating a major milestone. Meeting clients where they are doesn't have to be a major lift. It can be as simple as pivoting to a digital first experience. We know buyers are spending more time in front of their laptops. The old world of optimizing to grab people at events or even on their phone while they're commuting to work has changed. We knew two things. One, buyers were spending more time online, researching trends and looking for answers, and they needed different information at different stages of the buying journey and had stopped raising their hands to say they needed help. We needed to make our content work harder and be 100% digital. Long form studies still exist, but first we need to showcase dynamic data-driven content that will allow our users to get the data, assess how they compare to their competitors, educate themselves on new topics before they ever say they need help. We need to be there as a resource to help drive them through the funnel. These are five things that we did in order to change our positioning in West Monroe. But the thing that I'll leave you with is to break through and go from a small brand to a brand that really has made a name for itself. You have to break through. You cannot sit on the sidelines within your own organization. You have to be part of the strategy. You have to build a marketing program that is part of the strategic direction of the firm. So, so to build a brand that both competes up market and helps generate demand, marketing must be positioned both as a strategic partner and a revenue engine. I'll leave you with a few thoughts. And to achieve really everything we talked about today, I think there's, there's four things to keep in mind. Know your clients and their industries better than anybody else, even as a marketer. Align your marketing to the issues that matter most to them, things that they don't know they even need yet. They might not have even imagined where the market is going. Be different. In a David versus Goliath matchup, you need to demonstrate repeatedly how you're different and why you're the better choice. Make sure you measure on the goals and turn the metrics that matter most to your leadership and the business not marketing, and be scrappy. Use everything around you, especially your employees, to make an impact on the market. 
I want to thank you for listening and participating today. I'm glad I got to share a bit of our journey, but it's not over. I hope you heard a few things today that you can use in action tomorrow within your own organizations. And I hope you look forward to continuing throughout the conference as much as I do. Stay safe, stay healthy. Have a good day. Claude, it was so great reliving that session. There were so many takeaways, tips, lessons from Casey. I I know sometimes it's difficult for folks to share all the scoop, um, you know, due to some company requirements. But I I love that as CMO, Casey was so transparent and really dug deep into their challenges and and how they really went about combating them. What do you think? Yeah, it was really awesome to to hear that, you know, even you know, no matter what industry or size company you are, you're facing a ton of challenges and it's just a matter of being agile and taking on some innovative approaches and experimenting with things to really see success. So Casey's story was just the cherry on top, I think, for me, even from the event this past October. Yeah, absolutely. And I know this is going to be the last session that we replay from the B2B sales and marketing exchange online experience because we have B2B MX coming up um, in a few weeks now online, um, which is very exciting. So we'll be doing some new interviews with some speakers. But again, it was such a pleasure to relive some of our favorite sessions and top rated conversations from that event. And I hope um, all of you got some value out of Casey's feedback today. If you have any questions or comments on this episode, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter at B2BMX. And as always, if you haven't already, we encourage you, especially now, to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast player. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, frankly, anywhere else um, you listen to podcasts, we are likely there as well because we will have those new conversations coming to your ears soon. So we want to make sure that you get first dibs when they're available. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.